Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. I've learned a lot in 2020, like always have at least five backup rolls of toilet paper and don't ever walk past the Lysol antibacterial aisle without grabbing some. But in all seriousness, I've learned a lot about money this year, some lessons I've experienced personally and some I'm sharing from friends, podcast guests, 
And other people are just very smart when it comes to money. So join me for 10 money lessons from 2020 that I think you need to know. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. I've always done episodes around this time of year of money lessons or top money tips, but this year these lessons have some serious heft. I don't think I need to remind you that there's been a lot of not so good things that have happened this year. I think it's bad enough that we've all just been living through it, but the good news is you and me, we're making it one way or another, we're making it through and Maybe that's the most important takeaway. I don't know. I really had to sit and think about this year. What are the good things? What are the not so good things? What are the lessons that I've learned about myself? And that's really where this episode came from. So before we do this deep dive into these 10 tips, if you would allow me, I just want to jump up for a minute on the soapbox. So most of these tips are what you might consider basic or easy But if I've learned anything over the last 15 years plus in finance, it's that easy and basic is often almost always overlooked. And that's really where the magic lies. And I think it's so easy to just say, "Ah, these tips are easy. I know this stuff. I got this stuff. But in practicality, most of us aren't doing the easy, basic things. And then we get in a situation with our money where things start going a little awry, or maybe we start getting a little stress and fear, and we forget about going back to the basic, easy things. And I can't say it enough on this podcast. I've worked with hundreds of people, and it always comes back to the basic and easy things, regardless of income, regardless of age. And again, I think it's just because we tend to want to overlook those things. We want the fancy, shiny tips, but that again is not where the magic lies. So there aren't a lot of shortcuts or detours when it comes to your money. And it's easy in the society like the US to be focused on like the fastest way possible to hit your goal, whatever it might be. That's what I get from a lot of listeners. I have a lot of great, amazing questions that you send my way. And a lot of them are, how is the fastest way I can go about achieving my goal? And sometimes, yeah, it is just like a minor tweak here or there. But a lot of times it's about slow and steady progress, right? So if you want to supercharge any goal, you got to go back to the basics. You got to start there. And if you're willing to do that, I can almost 100% guarantee that your life is going to change. Your money situation is going to change. Your attitude towards money is going to change. And I know this because, again, I've seen it over and over again, but really because I've lived it personally and I've shared 
so many stories on this podcast over the years of me being in and out of debt, me going through a divorce almost 10 years ago and practically losing everything. I had to start out back out, I should say, from a negative number. <laughs> and that was one of those moments that I thought defeated me, but I learned so much from that. And maybe you've been in a situation your whole life where everything has always gone great, specifically money-wise. Maybe you've always been on the up and up. You've always had a great job. But I can tell you from experience, it doesn't always continue that way. There usually is a blip, a few blips to some degree with everybody's money situation. And it usually is when you least expect it. So I don't want you to sit in a place where you feel like you've got everything perfectly together. What I want you to do is to sit in a place where you want to learn, you want to continue to grow, that it's not good enough that things are going good. You want to protect that. You want to make sure that you have more opportunities. That's the mindset and the frame of mind that I want you to be in. And really, all of us can embrace that. It's a little bit harder to embrace when we're sitting in a place where we feel really crappy about our money or about our life. And I have certainly shared stories of being in depression and suffering from anxiety. And when I think about it now, I think I've suffered from anxiety my whole life. I just didn't have a name for it. I didn't know what it was. And now that I understand it, I go, oh, okay, well, that that explains a lot. But when you're in that place, when you're in that frame of mind, it's really hard to think about anything. It's hard to think about money. It's hard to think about goals. It's hard to think about your family or your loved one or your career. It's just a really hard place. And if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. So this whole soapbox is, I just want you to feel like you're empowered to go back to the basics, that the basics aren't for people just starting out. The basics are for smart people who understand that to make real change with your money, it starts from that place. And I want to invite you into this. I call it a bullshitless way of thinking about growing and managing your money. There isn't one right way. There's only one right way for you and what you want your life to look like. So to finish off a paragraph with a lot of profanity, the most profanity you'll hear in this episode, the basics are a badass way to get your money shit together. And if you want to quote me on anything, quote me on that, because that is the defining statement. Okay, so let's roll up our sleeves and let's talk about some of these money lessons. I'm sure you've had plenty of money lessons yourself this year. No matter who you are, no matter where you live around this world, in some way, shape, or form, you've been impacted by what has happened in 2020. And you will likely carry that, much like many millennials or anybody really under, I would say, 40, 45 has carried around the financial collapse that happened in 2008, 2009. That was really impactful. It, maybe it was in your life. Maybe it was right when you were graduating college or when you were in college and you were trying to figure out what you were going to do with your life and suddenly the world looked like it was upside down, that has probably stuck with you 
in some way, shape, or form and influences your money decisions. So 2020 is going to do the same thing, maybe even in a much bigger way. So money lesson number one is that life ebbs and flows, right? And you're probably thinking like, yeah, of course. I, I know this, Shauna, but it, it does. It does. And I think it's easy in the good times to think that the bad times won't ever come. And when you're in the bad times, it's hard to think the good times will ever come. So it's this constant like teeter totter with our money. And it just reinforces that you need some sort of cash cushion. And I talk a lot on the show about emergency fund. You can call it whatever the world you want to call it. I call it an oh shit fund. That's how I have it labeled in my savings account. Okay, I lied. I'm going to have some more profanity in this episode. <laughs> but um, it's some sort of money set aside. And I save mine in a high yield savings account so I can earn more interest over the bank rate, interest rate. If you don't know what your savings account interest rate is, that is homework assignment number one. You need to know these numbers. You can't change them, but you need to know them. So if you have options to move to another bank that has better interest, it at least should give you pause to think about it. Because in my world, any extra money is extra money. And that is definitely something to embrace. So if 2020 taught you anything, it's that you're not immune to bumps. And sometimes the bumps come from outside forces that you weren't prepared, that you couldn't even see. We couldn't see in 2018 or 2019 what 2020 was going to be about. So you got to have some sort of cash cushion. And the traditional definition is three to six months of your expenses saved in an emergency fund. But that might be a lot for you. Maybe having a month or two is something that is a little bit more attainable. Maybe you're a freelancer or an entrepreneur and you found out the three to six months is not enough. Maybe you're aiming for a year. So use this time to think about your cash cushion and just find little ways, little ways to move money. Maybe it's $20 here, $50 here. It's these little increments that really start to add up. All right. Money lesson number two. It's that this thing called the stock market, it recovers. So between February 11th and March 12th of 2020, the stock market dropped around 8,000 points, which is a pretty significant drop. We're talking 30%, maybe a little over 30%. But since then, it has recovered back up to levels above February 11th. I mean, at the end of 2020, we're talking about historic highs in the stock market. And you've heard so many different guests on this show about investing in 2020. And they've all talked about how what's going on in the economy is very different than what's going on in the stock market. And it is possible that you could be making great returns in your 401k, in your stock investing fund in 2020. And maybe on the other side, you were laid off or you had some contracts dry up. So it's these these polar opposites. But the stock market has this great way of recovering it. It's done it in every single decline that we've had in history. So the moral of that story is not to be afraid to invest, not to be afraid of 
looking at articles that are talking about the stock market. I want you to get educated because investing is a place that people have a lot of fear around. I know even myself as a certified financial planner, I had a lot of fear around investing. I want to be really smart with it. I wanted to know how to read charts. I wanted to know how to do it quote unquote correctly. I mean, there really isn't one specific way, but I wanted to be really knowledgeable and I was scared. I was scared because I've seen my parents lose a lot of money in the stock market. I've seen them make some investing decisions that probably weren't the best decisions. And that just totally freaked me out. So I had to rewrite that money mindset for myself and say, hey, I could do this and I can do it differently. And I don't have to be afraid of all the news headlines and all the jargon. Like, I don't have to let that throw me off. So if there's somebody that's been on the show that has talked about investing and you really resonate with that person or you like their message or you like their book, reach out to them. Ask if you can pick their brain and you can learn some tips. They're not all going to give you information for free, but it's a place to start. So I'd encourage you to do that. All right, money lesson number four. Don't be afraid to try something new. So whether it's changing up your money routine, maybe there's something with your money that is just like every month is out of control and you don't know what to do. Make one small tweak or change. We've talked about money dates on this show, setting aside 20, 30 minutes every single week in your calendar so you actually hold yourself to it. But it's this time where you're focused and what you're doing is you're looking at what happened in my money last week? What's coming up this week? Are there any changes I need to make? When I look back at last week, are there some ways I spent my money that I'm thinking, uh, I wasn't so happy about that, or maybe I shouldn't have bought that, or maybe I did really good here. Okay, what can you carry over into this week? Can you find little increments of money that you can move towards your, your goals? And then Use those money dates every week to stay on top of your goals. What are the things you want to do? What are the things you want to achieve? That's the only reason you're ever going to stay motivated to managing your money. It's the only reason. So you got to root yourself in these goals and the stuff that you want to do because let that be like the wind in your sail, the thing that really keeps you motivated on staying on top of your cash. Try budgeting if you've never done it. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be really, really simple. Or teach a class online and charge for it. Or start baking pies. Do something that maybe you were afraid of before. Because when you push yourself out of the comfort zone, that's really where you start to see measurable change. And it's not comfortable. That's why they call it out of the comfort zone. Um, I feel like I've lived my whole life out of the comfort zone. Doing this podcast was definitely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> when I started this podcast almost six years ago, you can uh, go back and listen to those episodes and <laughs> you can probably clearly hear that I had no clue what I was doing. I knew about money, of course, but I didn't know how to talk to you and get in a relationship with you. And I'm still figuring that out. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's scary to try different things. I'm launching a brand new business in January. 
and I'm freaking out. My knees are knocking because I don't know everything. I don't know how to sell the product the most effective way. I don't know how to put all the pieces together, but, but I'm doing it. So don't be afraid to try something new. And number three is something I think is pretty obvious, but really overlooked. It's get yourself some marketable skills. So if you, if you haven't realized this yet, your skills, what you can do is really valuable. It's valuable in your career. It's valuable in your life. And sometimes you cultivate a new skill and you think this, this has no marketability in terms of my job or in terms of earning more money, but you would be so surprised. I have seen the craziest skills that people have and somehow they get paid for them or somehow that translates into something amazing for their company. So get some marketable skills, build up your skills. Don't just be a I guess like a one trick pony, right? Don't just be the person who is really great at building websites or, you know, gosh, I mean, we can name off a bazillion careers here, but pick any career, right? Have a a variety of skills because those skills are worth value. That value is worth money to you, right? And that rolls into money lesson number five, which is, you know, goes with marketable skills. And that is that your network is your lifeline. If people have learned anything in 2020, it's that who you know is really important. And you don't have to know big celebrities, anything crazy like that. But the people that you have in your network are so valuable to you because they know people and they can open doors. They can introduce you. They can you know, say, oh, I heard about this job. Let me refer you for this job. Whatever it may be, whether it's just friendships, your network is your lifeline. So I said this with investing, but if you found a guest on this show, you've been listening to some episodes and you really jive with them, contact them, reach out to them, tell them that you heard heard them on the show, ask them if you could pick their brain or maybe buy them a cup of coffee and do a Zoom Whatever feels right and natural to you, reach out to them because everybody who's been on this show is in your network. You just don't know it. They're all in your network. And I don't choose people to come on this show that wouldn't be willing to spend a couple of minutes with you answering some questions or chatting with you about what they do or sharing some sort of information. So use that as a resource and reach out to those people. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. 
Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. 
And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the daily book club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash CD specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. We have an Ask Shauna from an anonymous listener. And they say, hi, Shauna, long-time listener, first-time question asker here. I have a 401k with my employer where they offer a match. My salary is pretty low, so maxing out my 401k isn't feasible. Do you think it's a good idea to open a separate Roth IRA in addition to a 401k that I have? A 6k max out each year seems way more doable for me. Or is that just wasting resources I could be contributing to my 401k? This is such a great question. And... Thank you so much for being a longtime listener. It means the world to me. You are the reason I do this show. So this is a question that actually stops a lot of people from investing, not knowing what is the right thing to do. So you just put the pause button on all of this altogether. But there's no right answer, right? I'll just give you a couple of things to think about that hopefully can help guide you a little bit. So number one is, are you contributing to your 401k up to the match? So you mentioned that your company has a match, which is amazing because a match is like free money. It's the best thing. But if you aren't contributing up to the match, that's actually where I'd suggest that you put more money, right? Because we want to take advantage of that free money. Now, the only caveat with the matches is that every company has what's called a vesting schedule. And so that just means how many years do you need to be at that company before you're fully vested in that match? With most companies, it's somewhere between three to five years, but you want to find that out because when you leave a job, you always get to take your own 401k contributions with you. The question is how much of that match do you get to take? So if you're planning on leaving your job sometime soon, maybe you haven't been there that long of a time, maybe the match isn't so important to you because you're not going to be able to walk away with that much. So definitely check out your vesting schedule. That's that's something to pay attention to. But with that said, opening a Roth, I think, is a good idea to put additional savings because it's got a different tax advantage than your 401k. So with a Roth, your money is already taxed that you're putting in. So when you go to take money out when you retire, it's tax-free. Versus your 401k, which is different. You get a tax advantage for the money you put in, but when you go to retire, you've got to pay taxes. So let me just give you an example, an easy example. Let's say you have a 401k and you manage to save, I don't know, somewhere around a million dollars by the time you retire. Once you've paid tax, your account balance might be somewhere more around 760 or 880, depending on your tax bracket. So with a Roth, you've already paid tax on that money. So if you save 
let's just make these numbers easy again. If you save a million dollars in your Roth when you go to retire, you've actually got a million dollars there. But, you know, some people create a Roth or an IRA to put even more savings away. And yes, you can have both. But my thinking is this just creates another bucket of money, which is always good to have. We've talked on the show about buckets of money. I'm a big fan of buckets of money. So you don't have just one place you're going to to access money. You have all these different buckets. The different buckets give you different options. So I don't think you can go wrong one way or another. You're going to increase your savings, whether it's in the 401k or it's in the Roth. So hopefully this has given you a little bit of guidance, maybe to at least think out this question. If you're listening and you haven't asked Shauna, I'd love to help you get an answer to your question. Head to the show notes for an easy link to submit your question. And remember, on this show, there are never any bad questions. So we're all here to help, help each other, learn, grow, and be wickedly smart with our cash. So money lesson number six is there's nothing wrong with multiple streams of revenue doesn't always mean you have a side hustle, but you can. You can also have multiple investments. You can do your job and then on the side, make some more cash. Doesn't have to be a long-term side hustle or a long-term freelance contract, but there's nothing wrong with multiple streams of income. So this goes back a little bit to the Ask Shauna questions where I talk about buckets of money. You want to have these options. So if you are laid off, you are furloughed from your job, you have some other revenue streams that you can either use to fill in the gap or that you can pull money from. Those are ridiculous lifesavers in times like these. We've had several guests on the show that have talked about side hustling, different types of side hustles. If that's something you're particularly in, go back and listen to those episodes. These are experts who really know how to do this and how to help you maximize your side hustle. We just had Terry Ijeoma on the show from a company called Trade and Travel, and she talked about investing as a side hustle. And I really love that message because what she shared was that maybe you just want to make enough money. I'm talking maybe a hundred dollars a day or a couple hundred dollars a week. That is enough money as a quote unquote side hustle to cover your bills. And that gives you peace of mind. That helps you sleep at night. I just love, love Terry's message. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it. It's just a really new, fresh way to think about investing, I think. And I learned a ton from her. I've watched almost all of her YouTube videos and it's like she's explaining things in a way that just really makes sense. So you don't always have to have a side hustle, but I want you to think about your money in terms of these multiple buckets, these multiple streams of revenue. And that's going to help keep you a little bit cozy if we ever have times like 2020 again. It doesn't completely insulate you, but Again, maybe it just helps you sleep at night. And I'm all about things that help you sleep at night. If there is something that's weighing on your mind around money, I want you to think about what is that thing that's keeping me up at night? Is it that I need to learn something? Is it that I feel out of control about something? Is that 
maybe there's a nudge for me to try something and I'm too scared to try it. What is that thing that wakes you up in the middle of the night around money? Because that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to help you figure out so that we can just help you sleep quietly at night, which rolls into money lesson number seven. And that is just that fear, anxiety, and stress don't get you anywhere. And this is really a personal one for me because I spent about mm, January-ish through March-ish just in full-on freak-out mode. We were working on our first product, a money mindset journal overseas. I started to see what was happening overseas where a lot of countries were closing down and a lot of business was stopping. And I thought, oh my God, how are we going to do this? We've already invested so much time and money in this. What is going to happen? And I just spiraled in my head and it didn't do any good because Jeff and I got in fights. I was tired all the time. I was anxious all the time. I couldn't sleep well. My health was affected. It was just not a good time. And I had to really come to a moment of, okay, all of this is not doing me any good. It's not helping me think clearly. I can't focus on what I need to. I'm not paying attention to our money the way that I know we should. And it's not going to help in any way, shape, or form. So it was really like I just sort of you know, gave myself a little slap on the face. And I was like, okay, let's, let's get it together. Let's work through these things. That's really where I got back to journaling, which is just crazy because this is the product I created. (laughs) So getting back to it, getting refocused on goals, getting refocused on gratitude each day. And what are the things that I'm just really thankful for each day? And that just slowly helped me kind of climb out from this deep, dark place. Maybe you've been in that place. Maybe you're in that place now. But fear, anxiety, stress, whatever word you want to fill in around money, what happens is your brain gets so focused on that emotion that it cannot process. It cannot think clearly. So any money decisions you need to make should not be made when you're in fear, anxiety, and stress because you cannot make a rational good decision. You need to figure out how to get yourself to a place at least to just have some moments of release. Those moments are where you can make money decisions or change something up. All right, money lesson number nine. This is this is another personal one. It's really stand up for what you believe in and what you don't believe in. And to me, it's about making sure that your voice matters. And also every dollar you spend is a vote for a company or an organization. So I want you to think about where are you spending your money? Do you feel good about those companies? Does spending the money to buy that thing, do you feel good about who you are supporting? So I want you to make sure that your your money votes matter, that they're going to places that you feel really good about. I think if anything this year, we've seen where we need to stand up, we need to support small businesses, we need to support things in our local community, restaurants are failing, people's businesses are failing, artists don't have jobs. 
How can we vote with our dollars in a way that we feel good about? And I am just as, the word's not guilty, but I am, I do the same thing you do. I spend money at the big companies. I spend money at Amazon. I spend money at Target. I spend money at, you know, those, those big stores because it's easy and easy feels comfortable this year. But I've really started to think about, okay, I'm voting with my money and I'm not always happy with how that vote is is ending up. And so I've started to change. I've started to look through local bookshops that I can buy books. I've started to really think differently about it. And yeah, sometimes I end up spending a little bit more money. Sometimes I have to wait a little longer to get the product, but I feel better about it. I just feel a sense of like, okay, I've I've spent my money in a way that is really mindful, makes me feel good, and I feel like my voice was heard. So just a little food for thought, particularly this year, to think about where your money is going. And the last tip, or money lesson really, is saving money is great. I'm I'm never going to I'm never going to tell you that saving money is a bad thing. Saving money is amazing. I don't think anyone has ever gotten to their deathbed and said, you know what? I saved too much money. I don't think that ever happens. But where you're spending it is even more important. So going back to this idea of mindful money, right? Mindful choices with your money, getting out of those rabbit patterns of emotional spending. And we all do emotional spending to some degree. The holidays are coming up. So I want you to think about mindfully spending your money this holiday season. And by mindfully, I mean going into spending with a plan. So you have a plan of how you're going to spend your money, who it's going to go to, where you're going to buy things from. And I want you to think about your money this way. What is one thing that you love that you usually spend money on every single week? Margaritas, pizza, tacos, gym class, maybe you're into sweaters, vacations, although right now we can't really vacation, but that would probably be my advice is plane tickets and traveling places. So what is your thing? Figure out what your thing is. And then I want you to measure everything that you buy against it. So if we go back to the travel example for me, I'm going to measure everything I buy against plane tickets. How many plane tickets is this thing costing me? How is that going to alter me being able to afford the thing I love to do every month? Because if you take out the thing that you love to do every month, then you're not going to love to do your money. (laughs) It's just that simple. So I want you to figure out what is your vice? What is the thing you love? It could be something really small, really silly, seemingly insignificant, but it really makes you feel good. You feel really good after you have that pizza from the place you love or ice cream or you buy that sweater that you're just like, man, yeah, this is this sweater is like everything to me. I want you to think about what that thing is. And then I want you to measure everything that you buy against that. This is the biggest cure to help you avoid emotional spending because we're going to spend when we see all the deals and alerts coming at us throughout the year. We're going to spend when we feel down, when we feel anxious, because spending our money and getting things feels really good. It's just the other side of getting things, the debt, 
that just not having the money available, that's the stuff that doesn't feel so good. So focus on mindful money choices. Every dollar that you spend, make sure it goes someplace you love. Make sure it's buying something that really makes sense and make sure that it's helping you move towards your goal. But give yourself some freedom, right? Follow the 80-20 rule, 80% mindful money choices, 20% frivolous things that you're going to spend your money on and you're not even going to think twice about it because it doesn't matter. You're doing good 80% of the time. So those were my top money lessons from 2020. I'm sure you've got some money lessons as well. I'd love to hear some of your money lessons. And again, these are just things to think about. These are lessons that could apply to any year. Don't have to apply necessarily to 2020, but 2020 has been a little bit of a doozy (laughs) to say the least. 2021 owes us a lot. It owes us a lot. So I hope the rest of your 2020 is really great. And again, I hope you focus on those mindful money choices. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.